Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Oh, see, senor. It is a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communication Compound. Uh, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The G7. The great nations of the earth coming together and meeting and hashing out the problems of humanity. Well, who came up with that and why? I don't know. It's probably a decent idea to get together now and again. No, no, no. The name of it. Oh. Calling it the G7 or the G8 or the G20 or whatever. It's not a very fancy name. It just stands for Group of Seven, right? Yeah, I think so. And then G7, Group of Seven. Takes about the same amount of time to say it, so what's the point? (laughs) I don't know. The uh, President of the United States is headed to Europe for the first time in his uh, administration to talk to people about something or other. The exciting part will be next week when he meets with Putin will actually be a pretty big deal, I think. I think it's great that a fellow that old is healthy enough to travel. I think he should slap Macron. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> Watch me. The president of France got slapped yesterday. He's going along the line shaking hands of uh, admirers, and somebody slapped him in the their secret service. Seems less of a secret service, more of a passive-aggressive service. I don't know what they got going on over there, but it ain't what we got. Oh, no. No. Don't be slapping our POTUS. So the uh, the Secret Service jumped up and uh, grabbed him and grabbed the person and arrested him and everything. It wasn't much of a slapping. Did you see it? I mean, I don't want to get slapped at all, but eh, kind yeah, of a glancing well, blow. The guy didn't have very good hand speed velocity, you know, hand it, velocity. Anytime somebody starts getting aggressive with a you know a world leader, that's a that's a thing. You can't do that. I'm just saying, sense. if you are that weak a slapper and you want. The president slapped the president of France, of course. You got to get a friend who's who's a better slapper. <laughs> Have him do it. It's a wasted slap, is my point. Um, Sacre bleu. I'm looking at. Uh, so I picked up the newspapers today, Michael. I already got them. They were outside on the front by the front door when I walked in. And um, yesterday's news today, the newspapers. It's kind of funny to look at them in the in the modern world. I, mean, I don't know how many people ever see a newspaper. Anymore. It's like a trip down memory lane. I read a newspaper, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know how many great people yesterday ever oh, look at a paper newspaper anymore. Well, I I've always been a big sports section guy, but now newspapers are so understaffed. If the game ends after five p.m., they just mention that you know the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, and uh, people were looking forward to a fine game. They got no scores, right? Right, which seems crazy at this point, right? When you got everything in your phone to, yeah, not have yesterday's. But uh, USA well, Today—that's why they're dying. Uh, USA Today: Why skinny shaming has serious real consequences. What's <laughs> what's skinny shaming? I know what fat shaming is. Is it shaming Same people thing. who are too skinny? Who's doing all is this that, shaming? Is this happening a lot? Shame. Shame for being so skinny. Shame. For being so skinny. Skinny. What is that happening places? I don't know. They got to print something. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I feel like this is another example of uh, us being search engine optimized to death. I I think their their numbers show that if you attach shaming to any headline, our clicks Uh, go up by blah, blah, blah percent. Well, we're going to be clapping back at the shaming today on the show. So tune in. Skinny shaming. We're going to own the skinny shamers. I thought we were way too fat 
as a country. And uh, well, this is the backlash. The no. skinny mocking us. <laughs> I won't have it. How mocking dare you? The skinny. I'm gonna slap you down like you're Macron. Hmm. Um, that we talked yesterday, they approved a new obesity drug, speaking of fat or skinny. And um, if you're uh, obese or even just overweight but have a health problem to go along with it, like your blood pressure is high and you're overweight, you can uh, you can take this here medicine. So that would that would include, what, like 60% of America or something, I think. Heck, yeah. Now, I didn't read a word about that one. I'd love to hear about it. I did read some about that new Alzheimer's drug. Mm-hmm. That it would appear there's no proof whatsoever that it works. I mean, the, the, the data is very, very weak. First one approved since 2003. And it's going to be billions of dollars to the, the pharmaceutical company. But the, the data, like I said, is terrible. Now, hmm. I'm, I'm not a pharmacist, Jack. You're not? You're not. I'm not. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can read fairly well. And, and like I said, it's, it's curious to me why it was approved. I guess because it can't hurt. I have such a hate, hate relationship with the pharmacy. I get, I get clenched up just thinking about having to deal with it. The, the, the times that it works the way it's supposed to are like one in 10, maybe one in 20. Wow. The rest of the time, it's like they don't have it or we'll have it in 20 minutes or we have it, but it's $800 or, you know, it's just, ah. Ah, yeah, but you I, can I need enjoy to... their hostility while you wait. <laughs> I don't blame them for being hostile. What a horrible job. Everybody's mad at you. And the labyrinthine complex the, the world of insurance and everything else. Oh, here's a, here's a good example. Um, and this, this sort of stuff drives me crazy. And we've talked about this a lot, how uh, they make it so hard for, for you to get your medicine that you're just using for the normal reasons. But you mm-hmm. hear about all these people who are getting bucket loads of opioids. Well, can we come up with something in between, like, let me get my medicine that nobody's ever been addicted to in the history of the world, um, but but stop them from getting their bucket loads of uh, OxyContin. You'd think you could uh, find that sweet spot, but it's difficult. But, and, and bureaucrats who are forced to enforce rules that they realize are idiotic, it embitters people. <laughs> and, and, you know, the pharmacy uh, employees are, to an, an extent, they're an extension of the uh, government bureaucracy because they have to deal with all those rules oh. and regs. And like you point out, nobody has ever in the history of the world abused my blood pressure medicine. And in fact, how would you? How could you? And yet, you know, if I go a day early, they, they give me the stiff arm. Oh, oh no, yeah. we can't oh, feel yeah. that yet. Exactly. Because what? My son's on a bunch of different medications, so we're fighting this battle constantly. And uh, so he's got this one medication that we use a syringe. It's a liquid, um, and we use a syringe. You stick it in the little bottle like you're going to give it an injection, but then you draw it, and then we put it in like a fruit smoothie or something, and that's the way he takes it. See, mm-hmm. the only way we've come up with Anyway, so it's a uh, particular needle with a particular syringe that attached to it. Somehow I lost the plastic part, the syringe part that goes on the needle. So I need that. So uh, I'm going to the pharmacy. I look at I can't find any. Uh, oh, they're about the behind the counter. So I go up and ask one, and everybody stops and looks at me. Everybody gives me the weird look when I want to get a, <laughs> when I want to get one of those plastic syringes. And I didn't figure it out till later. It's because they're afraid you're using it for drugs or something. And I almost lost my S there. And oh, it's but and I always remember it's not their fault. 
I, as the taxpayer, am providing free needles to drug addicts in my town, in my county, and in my state. All I need is the little plastic part so my nine-year-old can take his freaking medicine. But you're not going to give it to me without some sort of approval because you're afraid you're trying to fight the battle against heroin abuse or something. Meanwhile, there's drug addicts right outside standing next to my car who get free needles supplied by me. Jeez, and I can't get this because you're trying to fight the, the drug abuse in America. Oh, it made me so freaking mad. This took a couple of hours to sort out for me to get this little plastic oh thing. Oh, my God. Yes, How did you not go hours. insane? Because it's not their fault. I did go insane inside, but I just didn't go insane at someone. But right. in this particular instance, when everybody's so, you know, in the kind of places I live, in favor of giving drug addicts sure. all the free paraphernalia for taking their drugs, the fact that I couldn't get the little plastic syringe. Oh, that's so maddening. Yeah, but that's put so- the government in charge of more and more aspects of life, and we'll have yeah. a utopia. That's the part of socialism socialism that will make you insane when the government is running everything, and there's just so many rules and regulations for everything that it drives you crazy. Oh, that is so mad. Yeah, none of them make any sense. Nobody ever takes any responsibility for them. Those who are, are forced to enforce them know how stupid they are and tell you there's nothing I can do. I should have walked out in front of the CV, CVS, which is this little strip mall. There's there's freaking homeless drug addicts all over the place. Who's got a, a clean uh, plastic syringe part thing? Oh, I got a bunch of them. Okay, thanks. Can I have one? I need one for my son. That might have wow. been the faster way to handle it. Ah. Oh. Oh, they give me they give them to me by the bucket load. The taxpayers pay for them, you know, to help me along with my drug addiction. Yeah, for a five spot in the parking lot, you could have had one in two minutes. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I've been okay. Speaking of bad customer service, I was returning a vase to uh, the store because it arrived broken. Was oh okay. I was gonna say it didn't hold your flowers properly. Or? No, it's just it was. Yeah, it was a cheap vase, about $10, and the glass was cracked, and it just arrived that way. So I take it to customer service and say, hey, this arrived broken. I just need a replacement, you know. And the old guy behind the counter looks at me, takes down his glasses, and looks me in the eye, honestly, and says, did you break this? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to give you the full truth stare, like, young man, are you being honest with me? The soul read. I give that to people at the poker table all the time. Are you being honest with me, son? Did you break this vase? I was so taken back, I started stammering. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> and I caught myself. I was like, no, no, I didn't break this, you know, and stuff like that. He's um, all right, he's um, but, you know, I'm tired of these people costing me money, him money. And I'm like, okay, and then he just he gives me a new one. He's all, I'm going to be a nice guy this time, but I'll be watching. <laughs> oh, just like, goodness okay. I don't know if he was just being funny, but he had a really well, it's, weird... It's such a great were... scam to to get vases, break them, and then return them so you can get another one. <laughs> he was definitely the, I got over on you, a man. A $10 vase. <laughs> it was definitely the crazy old guy behind the counter. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing well. I'm just really trying not to think too much about the fact that the richest guy on the planet recently quit his job and he's launching himself into space with his brother. That probably doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, other than that, just, you know, just living life, living life. Try not to say, read too much into that being, is, is this the off ramp? Do we all need to try to smuggle on that spaceship? What, what's he know that we don't? He, yes, he's, mm. he's preparing for something. I need to get to space. 
Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Get to Be? Wednesday, June 9th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Speaking of bureaucrats, here we go at Mark. First off, and no offense, but Italy isn't exactly known for its cutting-edge orbital technology. I believe their space shuttle is two bottles of Chianti taped to a Vespa. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. A shot at our Italian friends. (laughs) I feel like they came up with the punchline and felt like that was worth the setup. (laughs) I would agree. Yeah, because the punchline was good. (laughs) Pretty funny. (laughs) How's mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. Informative is the word I would choose. Oh, I like that. Entormation. That's what we try to bring you. And uh, we'll get into the news of the day and all that. Our text line is 415-295-KFTZ. And the way everybody at the pharmacy looked at me when I said, yeah, I lost my syringe. I wondered if I could get another one. And everybody stopped. And the guy kind of looked at me. And then he looked back at his manager. Did you like to like you hear that? And she kind of got wide eyed like, OK, we got another one. Like they they're just astonished that they might be in the presence of a drug addict when the parking lot is full of drug addicts. I mean, you can't walk to your car without walking past 10 drug addicts. Wow. It's so weird. Wow. This this reminds me of some of the great writings about totalitarian regimes where there's just this surreal disconnect between reality and yeah. officialdom. Yeah. And everybody knows it, but nobody knows what to do about it. It happens in bureaucracies and with, you know, thick layers of uh rules and paperwork. It just seems to happen. Yeah, yeah. Here's your freedom love and quote of the day. From Patrick Henry, Patriot. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. That's a big one right there, huh? That's yeah, one of the all-timers. What? Yeah. Sprung that one on you. Not Mailbag. Miss, not messing around. So, uh, initial uh, D writes, Dear Nevada... Just so I'm clear, laying prostitutes is legal, laying sod is illegal. Hey now, how <laughs> long grass you see? I see. Very nice. Well played, sir. Well played. This note from Dirk the German. If 71% of Democrats want healthy vaccinated people to continue to stay at home all the time, then this right of center libertarian hopes that 100% of liberals stay at home forever. So I don't have to deal with people who have zero grasp of reality and sanity. What? Ah, oh, Dirk. Dirk's the angry German. Let's see. Rich in beautiful green Oregon writes, My wife told me tonight you've not taken the trash out in a week. My response, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> I don't understand the point you're making. How do you think that went over? <laughs> That's pretty funny. LLTCT looks like the couch tonight, rich in beautiful green Oregon. That's yes, we'll. Yeah, it's funny. We'll get into the uh, the floundering numbskull that is the vice president in a little bit. Also, just a, a blockbuster story uh, about China and technology and and. 
uh, how they have sought to infiltrate the U.S. and gain control over our our infrastructure through technology they've sold us. Really shocking stuff from uh, the fabulous David Sanger. Uh, moving along, speaking of uh, uh, vaccines and such, uh, loyal listener writes, I had a friend, lives in South Carolina, reach out to me today saying, quote, I went into Walmart and Trader Joe's and not a single person was wearing a mask. I felt so awkward keeping mine on, but I didn't want to take it off. My friend is 24 years old, very healthy, and vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. I said, you're fully vaccinated. What are you scared of? She responded, all the people who aren't. Again, I responded, you're fully vaccinated. What are you scared of? And got no response. And uh, a loyal listener mentioned she's not going to get the vaccine because she's young, healthy, and it poses virtually no risk to her whatsoever. So that's fine. It's up to you. Um. It still stresses me out, though, that my friend, uh, she feels uncomfortable in going into a store without a mask. That is so strange. Uh, how about this from Ken? If the, uh, oh, this is more partisanship. Too much partisanship, everybody. Of course, I picked this mail, this email, so who am I yelling at? Uh, if the Democrats want illegals to come here and vote for them, Kamala is teaching them a valuable lesson about her party. After you vote for them, they will turn on you and do the opposite of what they said to get elected. They think you're stupid. I loved Kamala sternly saying, do not come. Do not come. You will be turned back. No, you won't. Uh, and finally, Robin Landlock, Idaho, answering the question, what is a sea anchor? We were talking about people, let's see, they got to sleep, and so they put down a sea anchor. Well, when you're sailing, you generally never want your sailboat to be broadsided. Uh, or broadside to high waves, they can knock the boat over on its side. So if you're in a heavy wind, you may decide to bring in your sails, uh, blah, blah, blah. A sea anchor is essentially to water what a parachute is to air. It creates a drag. You attach it to the back of the vessel, and it pulls the boat in the direction of the waves. So the waves hit the front of the boat, mm. not the side. We're talking about a guy who was attempting to uh, take his kayak from the U.S. to Hawaii he worked at it for six days, got 70 miles from Santa Cruz. Several thousand-mile trip. He was and, trying to go and the on. Coast Guard yes, had to yes. rescue him at our, at our cost. So. <laughs> got about three-tenths of a percent of the way there. Nice effort. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Members of Congress saw in both classified and unclassified session some pretty remarkable examples. One is that a few years ago, the United States was bringing in some very large electric transformers, the kind you use to power the electric grid. Mm -hmm. And when they sent them off to one of the national labs for examination, they discovered some hardware inserted in the transformers that was not part of the design spec. Hmm that would have essentially enabled somebody in China to flip these on and off. Well, that seems like a big deal. So the New York Times has a daily podcast, and uh, today's version, David Sanger was on. He's one of their senior reporters that writes about all kinds of things, like he was just talking about. And the fact that China was uh, selling us uh, equipment that has a secret off switch on it. (laughs) That Beijing could use if they ever wanted to. And, well, glad we figured that out now. Well, I'd say, and that's just the beginning of the technological uh, 
you know, uh, tools that our adversaries can use. An off switch is awful, obviously, but he's going to be talking about some other options. And I had not realized this. I'm reading a piece at heritage.org about this very problem. And and it says, it is widely understood that a major power grid collapse could become the single most deadly event in U.S. history. Really? What, what, what would kill people? I suppose all hospitals being offline, although they generally have generators, there would be, you know, boredom, be old boredom, folks. People die in a boredom left and right. Can't right, play without, video yeah, games. Exactly. Don't have the internet. Just no, kill me. No Netflix. People, yeah, just kill me. Kill me now. And I've no People's heart just stop out of boredom. Yeah. Are they assuming some number of, like, uh, traffic stuff because traffic lights don't work? I don't well, know. I think you'd have that. You would have crime. You would have old people who uh, have assistive machinery in their houses would croak. Hospitals would have terrible problems. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not trying to sell guns, but that's when I'd be happy to have a gun. If If all the power went out for, like, days at a time. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to read more about that. I I must confess, maybe it's a lack of imagination. I I feel like I'm missing something. But at any rate, uh, while I'm noodling that through, why don't we play the next uh, David Sanger clip? And then in the telecommunications area, we saw something similar. We saw Internet traffic that was running through Chinese-controlled elements of the network inside the United States that was mysteriously being routed to Beijing before it came back to the United States and elsewhere in the world. Hmm. And people started asking the question, why is it that China could, from a base in the United States, route traffic at will back to Beijing? Mm -hmm. And then as the 5G argument revved up and we were urging allies not to buy the Chinese networks, we had nothing to offer them because American companies had gone out of the business. Cue the ominous synthesizer. How did the, how did a the, staple of the New York Times Daily podcast? Oh, really? <laughs> how did the five G uh, the, the discussion with Huawei providing European allies with their uh, their five G service? How did that ever? How did that ever even start? Knowing what we know, or knowing what uh, you know, the, the people like David Sanger were talking about there. I mean, Great Great Britain was going to have Huawei provide their 5G network until Trump got really tough on that, and they were going to was going to have an off switch, and all the information was going to go through China. And remember that ridiculous somebody from 5G saying uh, China has no uh, has no control over us. We are an independent entity, and uh, all right, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, Huawei, sure, yeah, right. Uh, it's uh, yeah, that seems like an utterly uncontroversial proposition that we should not buy our our critical infrastructure gear from our mortal enemies. Good lord! So this uh, piece in Heritage points out the crash of the Texas electric grid during the giant uh, ice storm uh, that knocked out people's heat, which could be a serious problem, and or air conditioning in the sweltering summer in the cities. Say. Um, so that could be a source of death right there. Uh, they mentioned that the Trump administration issued Executive Order 13929 declaring a national emergency with respect to the nation's electric grid and prohibiting the acquisition or installation of, quote, any bulk power electric equipment designed, developed, manufactured, or supplied by persons owned by, controlled by, or subject to the jurisdiction of such foreign adversaries, including China and Russia, North Korea, Iran, Cuba, and Venezuela. Do we have another uh, shortish clip on this uh, topic? And the accumulation of these examples managed to wipe out 30 years of ideological division inside the Senate over whether the United States should be spending taxpayer money 
on specific industries in order to stay competitive. It was a really remarkable thing because this debate that has gone on for decades just fell silent in the face of Chinese competition. Well, good. Fantastic. We finally woke up to it as we were talking about with Josh Rogan yesterday of the Washington Post on this uh, very topic. And if you haven't heard that, go to the podcast armstrongandgetty.com where he talked about one thing Trump definitely got right was uh, changing the conversation around China to where we all recognize China as as an enemy of the United States because they clearly are. Boy, this this is something. They're writing about cybersecurity. Joseph Weiss, who was talking to the Wall Street Journal, that officials had found the uh, electronic backdoors. Weiss added that as far back as 2001, China was trying to hack into the U.S. grid in California. He contends the Russians have been in the U.S. grid since 2014. And uh, among the other technological threats, um, let's see, this is Tommy Wallace, Director of Infrastructure Security at the Center for Public uh, Security Policy, etc. Cetera, et cetera. He worries about sensors, actuators, and drives installed in imported equipment, even if they are not connected to the Internet. Such hardware, he notes, could be designed to sabotage the grid by sending bogus readings which is straight out of the Stuxnet attack that somebody, I think it was the U.S. and Israel, uh, did to Iran. We drove their centrifuge readings uh, up into the stratosphere, and so they tried to compensate, but they were false readings, and they caused the machines to spin out of control and bust themselves. So, yeah, they absolutely could do that. I was thinking the other day about how, you know, the Trojan horse story, how old is that? Four or five thousand years? How old is the Trojan horse story? And practically every school kid hears it. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's popular enough that it gets used as a uh, metaphor for things all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they built a giant horse, said it was a gift. They push the horse inside the castle, and then out come the warriors that they'd hidden inside, and then they take over the castle. Um, but you said it was a gift, the giant horse. I was so excited. Um, I've always wanted a giant horse. I hope we're not living through something that will be a story people tell for thousands of years also, just slower developing, and that uh, China taking on the, the, the biggest power in the world. We're like the Roman Empire, taking on the United States. Convinced them they were friends for years, for decades, and provided them all their electronic equipment that had a secret off switch that they could uh, use whenever they wanted. Well, and it it reminds you of why it's always important to ask what people's primary motivation is, including those who've been pushing global trade for decades. And and I'm pro-trade, obviously, but their priority is simply maximizing profit. And they don't want to hear about the risks of of, uh, Chinese-made infrastructure equipment because they're brokering the deal. But there are absolutely... Uh, limits to the global trade approach and absolutely uh, merits to nationalism in terms of trade. And, and and those of us who have been told we're nativists and racists and the rest of it because we kind of believe that we need to design trade policy to protect our country. Well, it turns out we were right. How had I never heard this story before that they were giving us equipment that had a secret off switch? That's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, the Wall Street Journal, according to Heritage, wrote about this last year. I missed it. Which is, you know, part of the reason the Trump administration passed that uh, executive order I was just talking about. Um, but it kind of came and went. It wasn't uh, that uh, juicy, I guess. It didn't involve anybody fighting with anybody. So the media didn't make a big deal of it. Well, plus, plus, come to think of it, 
That was right at the very height of, if you say anything negative about China, like that racist Trump, then you're a racist too. I'm hearing anti-China racism. So yeah, there was no pickup. There was no uh, energizing the story through the activist lefty media. Yeah. Um, Coming up, we need to get into Hunter Biden's N-words. Whole bunch of N- N-bombs from Hunter Biden. See if that becomes a problem for him. Like it often Canceled. Becomes- uh, probably not. Uh, something that might be canceled is studying Dred Scott in law school. One of the most important rulings in the history of our judicial system. They might not study anymore because it uh, it sounds so racist. I'm serious. It's too upsetting Isn't, to study? Isn't that unbelievable? And we do need to get into skinny shaming and the serious real consequences. <laughs> do we? Well, the USA Today says the consequences are serious, comma, real. Um, all that on the way. Our text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kamala Harris uh, brought food with her to uh, Europe on her trip, or to, uh, (laughs) sorry, Central America on her trip. She brought a word salad that everybody could enjoy. Um, (laughs) A delicious word salad. More on that later. Uh, Kabi, the world's oldest, not the world's, the America's oldest living chimp died yesterday at the age of 63. Did you know hear that? Did you know Cobby was our oldest living chimp? 63. I did not. In the San no, Francisco that's... Zoo. Um, died at the age of 63, which is pretty old, although fell short of get, never getting the Social Security. Paid into Social Security his whole life. <laughs> Got cheated. Didn't get to... Did you know Social Security age? He's currently 66 years and two months. I didn't know that. but I did not know that either. Um, I looked it up so I could make that joke. It's 66 years and two months is Social Security. <laughs> This is well researched humor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's that, John? Did the chimp have a gimmick? Did it do sign language? Did it smoke? Was it? Could it play pong? What? Did it do anything other than just chimp around? Oh man! How uh, long do chimps live in the wild? He, do we know that he enjoyed snacking on his favorite foods, interacting with his keepers. <laughs> Relatable. And, and uh, that's whatever. Anyway, I didn't know they got that old. So he I, is a snacker, though. He's got a weakness for snacks. Uh, about 33 years in the wild. Yeah, it's definitely safer to be in a zoo, but uh, would you prefer the uh, the chains of zoodom to the uh, the challenge of freedom, Mr. Chimp? That if you asked him, he'd say, the jungle, please. I don't know. I don't know. Chimps, chimps are pretty smart. They might say, you know, this is pretty awesome. I lay around in a hammock. Uh, they feed me. Nobody's like in my breeding years, they'd bring me, you know, fresh young chimps. Nothing's ever going to attack me, and if I live a couple more years, I get uh, Social Security. So. <laughs> Again, um, with this. The chimp-like Hunter Biden is back in the news. Um, got a picture here uh, along with the story of him. No sh- way he makes it to 63. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Hunter Biden shirtless in a jean jacket and sunglasses doing a selfie for some reason. But anyway, um, <sighs> a, a text conversation with his $845 per hour lawyer. I'm currently paying lawyers for a personal thing. Um, that's a pretty expensive lawyer, $845 an hour. Nothing anyway, but the best for Hunter. Exactly. His text messages reveal he drops N-bombs a lot. Uh, in writing? In writing and verbally, they're assuming. Used the N-word multiple times in his conversation with his white $845 per hour lawyer. 
You know, I, I'm not I'm not big on the whole you should be crucified for using the N word. I'm not big on that. I mean, if you if you use it as a pejorative against a black person, yeah, you, you, that's yeah, you, you, you don't you don't get a pass on that at all. But just no. throwing it around as common usage because it's kind of popular with the young people. I I don't think that should be a crime since it's everywhere. I mean. My kids want to listen to music, and there's a lot of different artists we listen to. <laughs> I can't. I have to turn off the songs because it's so prevalent. You know, just on my regular wow. Apple Music. Um, wow. But for uh, for Hunter, th- there is something really uncool about rich kid grows up with a dad who's a U.S. senator dropping N-bombs with an $845 an hour lawyer. I mean, that is just, that's oogie in a different way to me. It's not, not racism. A good it's not racism, but it's a, it's a really, wow, boy, you two guys are both so lame. <laughs> it drop a, hey, what's up, Anna? You know, cause you're Mr. Privilege and you're Mr. Privilege with white guys. It's just, I don't, I just see it as like uncool. Very, very uncool. I have a minor point to make than a significant point to make. Right. The minor one being, it's not clear to me why this stuff keeps coming out bit by bit by bit. That's a good one. Yeah, why, uh, I, yeah, I don't why get is it all out? Or maybe, maybe it has been all out, but people haven't gotten around to writing stuff about it. But there was an email that came out a week or, yeah, last week that made it absolutely clear Joe Biden not only knew about Hunter's business dealings, but he was attending dinners with uh, some of Hunter's clients, some of his foreign clients. And, you know, that's pretty big. Dinner table absolutely, that's right, Wimit. Uh, it was absolutely influence peddling. Whether it was any real influence was peddled, it's difficult to say. Access peddling, I suppose it'd be, uh, you know, a, a definitely accurate term. But, yeah, the old man knew all about Hunter's business dealings and was probably getting a cut of it, but nobody wants to write about that. Should we continue to teach the Dred Scott case, considered the worst decision the Supreme Court ever made, in law schools? Uh, get to that in just a second. But first... Skinny or fat, body shaming is harmful in any size, says USA Today. And they got, uh. I'm into average shaming. They People got, are neither skinny nor fat. I really ride them hard. They got Pick two, a side! They got two women in <laughs> bikinis that are supposed to represent skinny and fat. The fat one is not very fat by anybody's standards, and the skinny one just looks perfectly normal. So I don't know what they're trying to get to them. I'll just read from the first paragraph because I found it kind of funny. We all know what fat shaming is, and it's generally understood that it's inexcusable today to say things like, lay off the chips, or you need more exercise. How about mix in a salad? Who who is ever saying that to someone? Lay off the chips, Lay off the chips, or you need more exercise. Okay, I don't think that's... But what about the reverse? The idea of skinny shaming is more controversial, and people disagree on whether it's problematic to tell a conventionally thin person, go eat a hamburger, or you should gain weight. <laughs> what, what, what universe are they reporting on? This one? I don't, I don't know. Are people saying these sorts of things? Skinny shaming, or criticizing someone for how thin they appear, demonstrates that even those who abide by today's beauty standards are susceptible to ridicule. I guess... Oh. I guess for a certain crowd like USA Today, we're trying to uh, craft a non-ridicule world, which runs counter to a lot of human nature. Is there a newsletter that updates these beauty standards? I, I, I'm, un- I'm unfamiliar with how to cross-reference what the current standard is and, and whether or not I should be. Yeah, this is such a stupid USA Today story. Tell well, me this. Yeah. Tell me this, it says. Would you go up to a fat person and say, oh, my God, you're so fat. Do you ever stop eating? Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> Asked one TikTok user who said she was self-conscious about her small frame. 
Skinny people look everywhere and can see themselves. Oh, just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Look at all you shut up. Look at the pictures they use, Sean, for uh, the fat and skinny. Wow, that's not very. Yeah. No, they're within. Wow. Everybody would like to look like either one of those people. Yeah. Either one. Sign wow. me up. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm into height shaming. Hey, tall guy, why don't you crouch down, you show off? How's the weather up there? <laughs> um, Look at that tall idiot. <laughs> so which one's the Dred Scott decision? Which law case was that? What happened there? That was uh, had to do with uh, slaves who escaped from a slave state and made it onto free state soil, whether they could be considered property in a free state and return to their owner, their slaver. And the slave, Dred Scott decision said, yes, you can return them. Slave Dred Scott escaped, went to the north, made it to free states, and the Supreme Court ruled that he needs to be returned. He's still property, even though he's in a state that outlaws slavery. Really awful. Anyway, according to the New Yorker, a debate has erupted over whether the reviled Supreme Court case of Dred Scott should be excised from law courses. The language in the decision gratuitously traumatizes readers, one professor said. Tim Sandifer mentioned uh, this yesterday in his Twitter feed and was quite upset about it. If you haven't read Dred Scott, you are not competent to understand, let alone criticize American constitutional law. This is the legal world's equivalent of a medical student saying they don't want to have to look at cancer cells because it's too traumatizing, or physics students saying they shouldn't have to learn about atomic energy because of Hiroshima. Worse, actually, because Dred Scott is the single most important decision ever issued by the Supreme Court, refusing to read it is childish militant ignorance. Well, I have nothing to add to that, as that no. was perfect. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. That is quite amazing if that's the direction we're headed now. The idea that you have to be shielded from the uncomfortable. Again, what universe can that possibly occur in? Not this one. And I've been here quite a while. Don't study Dred Scott and eat a sandwich, skinny person. That's what I would say <laughs> to a skinny law student. Good one. Wow. Yeah, that huh? your friend. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Shrimp store called the oceans. What? Kamala Harris, her speech yesterday. We'll play some of that for you coming up. It's good. Armstrong and Getty.